The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Primal Body, Primal Mind. Your host, Nora Gedgaudis, is here to take you on a fun-filled and informational journey through the mind and your body with a focus on neurofeedback and healthy nutrition and what it can do for you, your family, and friends. Now, here's your host, Nora Gedgaudis. Well, good Wednesday morning to all of you on this fine October day. You're listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio, and I am indeed your host, Nora Gedgaudis. I'm here today in this first half hour to serve as your Sherpa, as it were, through the untamed wilderness of diet and weight loss. In our second half hour of the show, we're going to be also welcoming neurofeedback expert, registered nurse and chronic pain specialist, Caroline Grierson, to talk with us about the impact of neurofeedback on chronic pain. You're not going to want to miss that. This is sure to be a fascinating and very illuminating topic that's bound to give hope to a lot of chronic pain sufferers out there. But first... The, the whole subject of diet surrounding obesity and weight loss is one of those topics that gets bandied about virtually everywhere you go. I mean, unless you're living under a rock, you're being inundated with this constantly. Now, everybody has a secret potion or formula for getting that excess weight off overnight, <laughs> instantly. Celebrities on TV uh, stand there waving their now empty fat pants at you while swearing they lost it all on a steady diet of lasagna and chocolate cake that they heated up out of a cardboard box. Well, I'd like to take this opportunity to take an AK-47 to weight loss myth number one. The idea that somehow that being slender is the same thing as being healthy. Mind you, it's never a good idea to be overweight, but just because a person may look good on the outside by no means implies that everything is working right on the inside. We live in a highly superficial culture that just focuses almost always on appearances. Well, folks, appearances can be deceiving. It's entirely possible to be both thin and be diabetic. It's possible to be thin and have heart disease, to be thin and have cancer or hormonal dysregulation or mental illness for that matter. Remember that health includes the mind too. I've had slender people sit squarely in front of me and proudly confess all of the starch and sugar they regularly eat while insisting how healthy they are, all the while forgetting that they have an anxiety disorder, depression, memory issues, sleep problems, attentional problems, or, or maybe that they get colds all the time. I mean, people are so often in denial. Now, another myth that needs to be shattered here is the whole idea that regular exercise can somehow make up for unhealthy eating habits. Well, people say to me, well, I probably eat more sugar than starch than I should, but at least I work out. Well, I'm here to tell you that you can burn off the sugar in exercise, but you can't burn off the insulin. And sooner or later, insulin will catch up with you. Now, exercise isn't what ultimately determines your biochemistry. Diet is. 
And no matter how hard you run on that treadmill, you're not going to melt away the trans fats and those french fries you had for lunch overnight. It can take up to two years after eating a french fry to get the trans fats it was fried in out of your system. So although exercise is certainly a part of that total health picture, I don't want to minimize its importance. It's nowhere near as important, in my view, as diet in the scheme of things. Now, paramount, too, is the myth that by somehow losing all your weight, that's just going to fix everything. I'm here to tell you it won't. And you'll unravel your health in the, prong, you know, in the process or in the long run unless you get yourself to thinking about this in a whole different way. Now, on to myth number three, the idea that certain supplements can compensate for an unhealthy diet and make up for what you might be missing because of the fact, say, you eat a lot of fast food or maybe starving yourself to death on some stupid weight loss diet. Look, supplements are just that, supplements to an already hopefully healthy diet. They are never a substitute. Now, that being said, there are some supplements that most of us need because of our quality-compromised food supply. And there are a few that can be additionally helpful in the battle of the bulge. We're going to talk about some of those. But only once your foundations are in order and you're eating a fundamentally balanced and nutrient-dense diet. So let's move on to that whole loaded subject of the proverbial quote-unquote healthy balanced diet. What is presented by the conventional media in this light is entirely centered on a low-fat paradigm that has persisted for more than 50 years despite the overwhelming evidence to the contrary. Dietary fat is not and never has been the culprit in the battle of the bulge. We've been eating all kinds of fat for more than two million years as a species. We are beings of the Ice Age. Fat to us means survival. Our brains are made of fat. Fat is the, per- is the preferred fuel of the human heart. It forms the key matrix of our cellular membranes. We need it to make hormones. It plays a powerful role in our immune systems, and it was always meant to be, underscore always meant to be, our primary ongoing source of aerobic fuel. Dietary fat is not the bad guy here. So what is? Well, the textbook of medical physiology states very clearly that all, quote, all body fat is made from glucose. In other words, you know, glucose, of course, is sugar. In other words, before even dietary fat can go into physical storage, for the most part, it must first be converted into glucose. When does our body choose to store a nutrient? When it's been consumed in excess, right? Well, what determines excess? When a nutrient has been consumed in excess of what is needed for immediate energy, reproductive purposes, or structure and repair. Well, fat and protein are both used extensively in the body for innumerable functions and structures. When we eat either fat or protein, the body first looks around to to see if it can make use of it to replenish, rebuild, or regenerate us in some way. Once that's been once that's been accomplished or once that's been determined, depending on the level of abundance of protein we've just eaten, we either kick into maintenance and repair mode or we kick into cellular proliferation or what could be called reproductive mode. Only if there is excess over and above what is needed structurally does the body seek to convert and store the rest. Now, carbohydrates, on the other hand, sugar and starch particularly, 
make up only about 1% of our actual physical structure. That ain't much. And it's mainly certain forms of connective tissue, which, by the way, we can manufacture uh, without ever having to eat a single uh, carbohydrate in our diet ever. So basically, every single molecule of carbohydrate or of glucose that you eat right now that isn't needed for turbocharged anaerobic energy is essentially considered automatically excess. And it's either stored in a very limited way as glycogen in the liver and muscles, or it's converted by the liver into triglycerides and is sent off to become that extra unwanted ballast energy reserves or, you know, body fat. So the other issue here involves the fact that the consumption of fat is inherently self-limiting, you know, by virtue of the fact that it's one of... It's the one macronutrient, you know, proteins, fats, and carbohydrates of the major macronutrients. It's the one macronutrient that's able to effectively, truly satisfy appetite. It's what the brain looks for. Again, we are beings of the Ice Age. Don't forget that. Fat to us means survival. So it doesn't take much fat to satisfy someone's appetite. The hormone leptin sees to that. It's a fat sensor, and it's the most powerful hormone in our bodies. It's trying to determine whether or not hunting is good or not. So the presence of fat is the dietary nutrient that helps determine that. Now, people don't binge on butter. I mean, however delightful that might be, it's very rich, right? It's self-limiting. People do binge on cookies, chips, candy, desserts, bread, and other forms of starch and sugar, nearly all of which stimulate masses of insulin, which, of course, then turns into body fat. So elevations in blood sugar are very... The elevations in blood sugar are really very dangerous to our bodies. Sugar, glucose, and all carbohydrates, once they're digested by the body, are they turn into glucose once they hit our bloodstream. So glucose in the bloodstream is reacts in the bloodstream and, and does damage to our arteries and cells. Now, sugar or glucose also glycates things. We've talked about that here before. It combines with proteins, fats in the bloodstream, and causes them to become misshapen and malfunction in ways that cause us to age and even can mutate our DNA, which is, of course, a predisposing factor in all cancers. Not good. So your body is obsessed with maintaining the lowest level of blood sugar necessary to meet our essential demands. Now, at least in physiological principle, the only thing that really requires sugar as its primary source of fuel are our red blood cells. Sugar is an anaerobic fuel, and our red blood cells feed anaerobically to help preserve their precious cargo, which is oxygen. All other cells and tissues in the body, including the brain, are capable of running on ketones, which are the metabolic byproducts of the breakdown of fat, the energy units of fat. Many, if not most people today, however, have done something very unnatural. They have adapted themselves metabolically to depending on sugar as their primary source of fuel. This is a strictly modern phenomenon. Our primitive ancestors didn't eat much dietary starch. There were whole periods in history in which we got no dietary starch or sugar at all and lived on a diet of nothing but the meat and fat of animals we hunted. Nature would never have been so cruel, inefficient, or stupid to have asked our bodies to depend on something so volatile, damaging, and undependable as sugar as our main source of fuel. You've all heard me use use the whole fire-building analogy, right? Um, the whole idea, you know, with respect to macronutrients, if, if you look at them, 
as strictly sources of fuel, proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. Well, carbohydrates are basically kindling to us. They're like twigs and paper um, that we put on the fire. They cause the fire to burn very hot and, and for a very short period of time, which is useful if we're trying to outrun uh, you know, a saber-toothed tiger. But you know, if you have a wood stove and you're trying to heat your house with a wood stove, you know, how much time are you going to spend in front of that wood stove if you're trying to heat your house with paper and twigs all day long? That's what the vast majority of people in, in our culture are doing now, much to the delight and profits of the food industry. They love it. You know, there, there's a huge financial incentive in keeping us trapped in the idea that we have to depend on sugar as our primary source of fuel. It keeps us constantly feeling the need to eat, um, to eat, 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 to keep that fire fed. So when we come back, oh, and by the way, fat is like putting a log on the fire. Once you've put that log on the fire, you've got a fire that can burn all day. You don't have to be a slave to it. And that's what I'm talking about here. So when we come back, we're going to continue this whole discussion. And we're going to continue with talking about the, the role that diet has to play in obesity and weight loss. You're not going to want to miss it. I'm Nora Gadgaudis. This is Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio, and we will be back in just a minute. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. NBC science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Looking for a different kind of health show? One that addresses you and your health? Let the Blood Detective, finding healing solutions naturally, address your individual needs and questions. Host Dr. Michael Wald has spent over 20 years studying and helping his patients uncover the causes of health problems, solutions, and answers to keep them healthy. Now he's here to help you. Tune in to The Blood Detective, finding healing solutions naturally, live every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. 
unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit EEGINFO.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're, we're talking uh, this half hour uh, about the whole subject of diet and nutrition and on obesity and weight loss. It, it's a very... Uh, loaded subject, and we've got a lot to cover in a very short period of time today. So let's just get back to it here. So let's talk about what happens to a primal physiology, an ice age physiology on a low-fat diet. When it's deprived of dietary sources of fat, you know, our fuel for survival, and instead it's inundated with highly unnatural tidal waves of sugar and starch, I mean, even supposedly whole grains and whole food sources of those things. Well, for one... Your body's going to get very efficient at making fat from other things, mainly dietary carbohydrate, sugar, and starch. You actually make it easier to gain body fat and stop your body from releasing its stores as easily so that they can be efficiently burned. Also, because your body's always trying to make the effort to burn off the sugar first, to get it out of the way, when you eat carbs, you delay fat burning as a result. So what if you're eating carbs at every meal? You're constantly putting off the ability to utilize fat for fuel. Think about that. It's critical when you're seeking healthy weight loss, basically to eliminate sugar and starch to the extent possible, and then provide yourself with enough fat. I'm not talking about drinking lard or anything like that. I'm saying enough fat so that you aren't hungry. What happens when you experience hunger? Your body thinks it's in starvation mode, and it assumes hunting is poor and resources are scarce. So your body's going to start conserving fat. It's trying to keep you alive. It starts conserving those energy stores. Low-calorie diets work initially in weight loss because you're putting out more energy than you're taking in. But over time, your body figures out increasingly how to become more efficient at retaining energy, I, in other words, body fat. And weight loss gets harder and harder. So the modified caloric restriction that I talk about in my book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, eliminates sugar and starch, it moderates protein, and it puts really no restriction on the consumption of natural fat so that your body always knows hunting is good and sees no need to retain fat stores. You know, fat consumption is always naturally self-limiting. Because fat is the primary fuel provided in the diet, your body learns to utilize fat far more efficiently, and fat burning becomes the rule, not the exception. Does that make sense? You learn to use ketones all the time instead of glucose. Now, a lot of people have fear or reservations with the term ketosis, which arises from both misinformation and misunderstanding of what ketosis really is. There is a potentially life-threatening condition with type 1 diabetes called ketoacidosis, which is nowhere near the same thing. It's rare and completely unrelated to ketosis. In fact, I personally know type 1 diabetics on the diet I advocate 
who not only feel and function better than they ever have before, but they've been able to reduce their need for insulin by over a third. Simply put, true ketosis is merely a state in which you are burning fat for fuel. Well, who doesn't want that? It's our natural state. If you take what I call a, quote, carbivore, a, a carb junkie, and you take the step of eliminating carbs in their diet, the body initially produces a lot of ketones in response to that, and they act more like a waste product. They get thrown off in the urine, through the bowels, and through the breath because their bodies do not yet know how to efficiently use them as fuel. Over time, the body learns to use ketones far more readily. It takes time for the body to make that conversion, though, from being a sugar burner to a fat burner. In my experience, it typically takes anywhere from three to six weeks. That can vary. I hope what I'm saying uh, makes sense to you. Now, there are people who can't seem to lose weight no matter what they do. They eat, quote-unquote, locale. Um, they exercise like fiends and nothing changes. Why? There are many reasons why this might be. But first, of course, you have to look at what that, quote-unquote, locale diet is all about. Is it nutrient-dense? Is it fat and protein-rich with ample vitamins and minerals? Or is it empty calories, sugar and starch-based? That certainly makes a big difference. Sometimes, too, the bathroom scale really contains, can be a little misleading. It, it, it isn't necessarily telling you what kind of weight you have. And, of course, muscle weighs a lot more than fat. So as you're working out and as you're doing this um, you know, dietary approach that I advocate, you tend to increase your lean tissue mass, and that is going to tip the scales, you know, maybe keep them the same for a while or even increase them temporarily. Um, but the number one cause of weight loss resistance in women isn't low thyroid which is usually thought of as, as the reason why women can't lose weight. But it's actually the, the over-conversion of, of estrogen to, to a form of toxic testosterone. There's an enzyme produced in the ovaries called 1720-lyase that combines with insulin, of course, which you get from eating carbohydrates, that then converts estrogen to testosterone. And it makes weight loss nearly impossible when that happens. For women, this is not a good thing. In men, there is an enzyme in the body fat called aromatase, which in the presence of insulin converts testosterone to estrogen, and that's the number one cause of low testosterone in men. Well, what do you suppose when you start adding more hormones to that, more estrogen or testosterone? Because somebody says, oh, you don't have enough estrogen or you don't have enough testosterone. Well, you're going to temporarily feel better, but in the long run, you're greatly worsening the problem. Anyway, I digress. And especially women, low thyroid function might be another cause. It, it's critical here, though, to distinguish the exact type of thyroid issue you're dealing with. 80% of all low-functioning thyroid cases are actually autoimmune in nature. And you want to stay tuned for our November 11th show because we're going to be talking about the thyroid uh, in that show with uh, Dr. Janet Lang. But anyway, it, if this is the case, your primary problem, if you have autoimmune, is not thyroid, but immune in nature. And you can you have to address that on that level. Now, you know, nearly all thyroids come to a place where they slow down um, secondarily to adrenal stress, strain, and dysfunction. You always have to look at adrenal health when you're addressing thyroid dysregulation. And guess where the main culprit in adrenal problems exists? Blood sugar mismanagement. Now, in older women undergoing menopause, this is double jeopardy because this often gets greatly compounded because once the ovaries stop doing their job of producing hormones, the burden on the adrenals is so much greater. 
it's a common time for thyroid issues to manifest. Now, remember, too, your thyroid is your body's engine at idle. Your adrenals are your body's engine in motion. If your poor adrenals are on constant overdrive from being asked to do too much, deal with too much life stress, manage blood sugar problems, you know, make female hormones at menopause and who knows what else, doesn't it make sense that out of self-preservation, your body might just turn down the engine idle to keep you from blowing a gasket? Your body is not your enemy. It is trying to keep you alive any way it can in spite of what you do to it. And your body will always have its way. In the end, blood sugar issues end up being nearly always a direct or indirect culprit in unwanted body weight. So what are the steps you need to take and what supplements might actually help? First, you need to eliminate sugar and starch as much as possible, as immediately as possible. I used to think this needed to be a gradual process. I've since learned that cold turkey is far easier and far more effective for nearly everyone. It forces your body to figure out how to become a fat burner much sooner than it would otherwise. Secondly, you must eat enough dietary natural fat in order to satisfy your appetite. Please don't be afraid of natural fat. Do be afraid of trans fat, hydrogenated fat, fried or rancid fat, and overly processed fats like regular vegetable oils. Now, olive oil and coconut oil are great, and they tend to be minimally processed. Coconut oil, in fact, because its short-chain fats are so energizing, might even make it easier to lose weight. It can also really help your immune system. Animal fats are totally fine. Animal fats from exclusively grass-fed sources or fish from wild-caught sources are especially good for you. You also want to be sure to get enough essential fatty acids like those from omega-3 fish oils and maybe also a little extra supplementation with something called GLA or gamma-linolenic acid that's found in black currant seed oil or evening primrose oil. Eat more nuts, olives, and avocados. Remember, fat is your friend. Next, you moderate your protein intake to maybe six or seven ounces a day of complete, in other words, animal source protein. We don't have time today to talk about all the reasons why this is. From a weight loss standpoint, though, especially in the beginning, when your body is used to burning sugar for its main source of fuel, your body tends to become very efficient at converting other things, namely excess protein into sugar as well. Eating just enough protein for your own maintenance and repair and not too much extra ensures that your body isn't, quote, cheating at sugar production. Finally, some people are really addicted to sugar. It goes well beyond the need for an energy source, and it's something your body uses to produce endorphins and other highly addictive compounds. There are supplements that can really serve to actually kill carb cravings and give you the training wheels you need to become free of the enslavement to carbohydrate addiction. Here are a couple you're really going to want to know about. The first is L-glutamine, G-L-U-T-A-M-I-N-E. I usually say to buy this in a powder form so you can easily get a small spoonful um, of it under your tongue throughout the day. Your brain can actually use glutamine in lieu of glucose for fuel in a pinch, and this can help offset hypoglycemic symptoms, you know, all that uncomfortable stuff like cravings, shakiness, irritability, dizziness, and all that. The next supplement you all need to know about is an herb called Gymnema sylvestra, G-Y-M-N-E-M-A. Now, it's very important that you understand that the effect of gymnema is very dose-dependent, and it takes at least 4,000 milligrams three times a day to work. But what it basically does when you swallow it is two things. Number one, it kills, literally kills carb cravings, and it also improves insulin sensitivity. 
So this is really great. A dose of 4,000 milligrams or 4 grams three times a day works for at least 80% of everybody. If it isn't quite enough for you, then double the dose. Our brand of Gymnema, or, or one brand, not our brand, but one brand of Gymnema, that's made by a company called MediHerb that's owned by Standard Process. It's a healthcare practitioner brand. That happens to come in 4,000 milligram tablets, which is great, but you have to get it, go through a healthcare provider to get that. Otherwise, unfortunately, most commercial brands come in 500 milligram capsules, which means at least eight capsules per dose, I'm sorry to say. But it's all very temporary. Once you've transitioned metabolically to a fat-burning metabolism, you will no longer need these two supplements. Now, chewing gymnema or getting it on your tongue can have the immediate effect of anesthetizing your ability to even taste sugar for two to four hours after. So if you go to a party, say, chew a gymnema tablet, then try to eat some cake, that cake is going to literally taste like sawdust to you. It's another way of using it that can really help. Well, we've come to the end of this segment of our show. I know it was a lot to cover in a short period of time, and I hope you stayed with me. Please stay tuned here to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. When, when we return from our commercial break, we're going to be switching gears and talking all about the brain and the use of neurofeedback in the management of chronic pain. We're going to be welcoming neurofeedback expert and chronic pain specialist, Caroline Grierson, to the show. You're not going to want to miss this. This is Norgat Gaudis, and you are listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. We will be back in just a minute. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. NBC Science Consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. Unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com. 
Interstate Sportsman Talk radio show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern, for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, welcome back to the show. Uh, Last half hour, we talked all about the issue of diet and weight loss. Well, this half hour, we're totally changing gears, and we're going to be exploring the use of neurofeedback as a tool in the management of chronic pain, something afflicting countless people out there where drugs really aren't offering the solutions many have hoped for. Now, joining us this half hour to talk about this is neurofeedback expert and chronic pain specialist, Caroline Grierson. Caroline studied biofeedback at the Biofeedback Institute of Los Angeles in 1988, and she studied neurofeedback with Sue and Siegfried Othmer in Encino in 1993. She is BCIA certified and is a senior fellow in biofeedback and a fellow in neurofeedback. In addition to this, she's BCIA certified in stress management and a clinical associate in the American Association of Pain Management. Caroline has been in private practice doing biofeedback and neurofeedback on her own or in her own office called Train Your Brain since 1991. And she's a member of a comprehensive pain management program with the widely respected Dr. John Prager since the year 2000. She works with adults suffering from chronic pain, stress and anxiety disorders, attention deficits, hypertension, cancer, and, uh, and incontinence. I am greatly honored and privileged to welcome my colleague and dear friend, Caroline Grierson, to the show. Welcome, Caroline. Welcome yourself. It's wonderful to have you here and uh, in my office. <laughs> and thank you so much for inviting me to be on your show. Hey, I, it, it is, it's, I am completely honored to have you here. I really am. Um, you're just such a well-respected uh, expert in this, in this whole field. Um, let's start with you. What the heck, huh? Sure. What, what's your background, and, and how did you get involved in all of this? Well, I'm a nurse, and I took uh, my nursing and a Bachelor of Science in Nursing with a degree in administration and was a head nurse at one of the first coronary care units in the country in the 70s. Then I took a break to be a mom. (laughs) Back into the health world, I got introduced into it because my youngest daughter had terrible migraines. And I went to um, a clinic run by Dr. David Bressler, who uh, headed up the first pain clinic here at UCLA. And uh, he uh, taught her about biofeedback tools and diet management, and she improved. Over the time, I got very interested in his office and gradually became a biofeedback therapist. And you pretty much told the rest of the story. Here I am. And thanks to David Bressler, I was referred to Joshua Prager at the pain center, and I get patients from him. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it's been quite a wild ride. So 
So you actually work with neurofeedback on many different levels. I mean, it's not just pain, of course. And you even deal with pain on different levels. I mean, there's what you call, uh, what I've heard you refer to as regular pain, and then there's intractable pain, which is a whole different animal. Let's tackle these one at a time. How do you define regular pain, and then how, you know, might you approach that? Well, I think that the majority of people have a lot of aches and pains. As a matter of fact, it's one of the largest um, medical problems in, in the country at this time, and so I don't really mean to say it's regular in the sense of, you know, it's not trivial. <laughs> and so people who have migraines and headaches and back pain and <clears throat> knee pain from their tennis or elbow, you know, pain and so on, I would call those regular pain. And, of course, fibromyalgia, none of these feel regular to the patient, however. They really are suffering. And so... Um, I guess here's a moment to say about uh, pain becoming the fifth vital sign. And um, it, um, it... What exactly does that mean? Yeah. If uh, Well, first of all, the first four vital signs have been considered in the medical world for forever, I suppose. And those are when you see a doctor, they check your temperature, your pulse, your respirations, and your blood pressure. Now, in... Um, 1995, they designated the pain, uh, pain the fifth vital sign because many times um, under-treatment of pain can lead to complications. And the American Pain Society in 2000, and in year 2000 actually, even wrote up new pain management standards and there's a patient right to get effective assessment and treatment. Oh, that's... That's really, really interesting. Um, let's let's talk about um, specifically here the role of the brain in pain. I mean, for one thing, we know, for instance, that pain is something that can't actually even be measured. It's something that varies based on what's going on in the brain or a, a person's emotional state and and also how the brain is interpreting the incoming signals, right? Correct. Yeah. And so those so-called signals may not even be corresponding, in, you know, in a relative way to the actual injuries. In other words, the injury can appear to be, you know, pretty small, and pain can be enormous. Or the opposite can be true. You know, the injury can be huge, but a person may not experience as much pain as someone might think, right? That's correct. So perception is a big, big role in pain, and um, it certainly goes from person to person or from culture to culture, race to race, and so on. And so we have to really listen to what the patient is saying about their pain and deal with their pain, not what we think they might have. Right, right. <clears throat> so, you know, it's, it, it's kind of about sensitivity, right? I mean, the more sensitive you become neurologically, the more likely pain is to kind of spiral out of control, <laughs> Yes, yes, absolutely. So we look at the patient's, uh, well, just pain in itself um, can cause, you know, hypersensitivity or anxiety or depression or hyperfocus, you know, just incredible numbers of side effects just from suffering from pain. Right. And um, it, it, you know, of course, that's where neurofeedback comes in. It, it sort of helps to redefine the way the brain interprets those 
nerve impulses and can kind of help uh, calm things down some. So, you know, things like emotion, um, emotions like fear, anxiety, overwhelm, helplessness, those things can have, a, you know, a pretty huge impact from, from what I understand on increasing the sensation of pain, can't it? That's correct, and they've actually been able to do um, MRIs and spec scans and functional MRIs and shown that the various parts of the brain that even aren't registering pain are lighting up when you experience pain because of emotional affect and various other things of that nature. So in, with neurofeedback, we want to manage that high level of arousal. We want to normalize the autonomic nervous system as much as possible. Now, the autonomic nervous system I call automatic. And there right. are sides to that, the sympathetic nervous system, which gets you ready to go or gets you out of danger, and the parasympathetic, which relaxes you. And so with pain, um, because you think you're in danger, at least the body perceives pain as a dangerous item, and says to your body, get out of the way. You know, it tightens your muscles, it hyper-focuses you, it speeds up your heart, it gets you ready to fight or flight. So that when you have pain, the nervous system is functioning on that level. Right. And uh, so you get aroused, you get nervous, you get anxious and fearful. And uh, the parasympathetic, which is that part which relaxes you, really can't get a hold of you unless we work with you to learn how to address that particular part of the autonomic nervous system. Um, and then um, we want uh, neurofeedback will be very helpful in improving sleep or sleep architecture, and uh, it will address anxiety and depression. As we all know, we've found that with just plain anxiety and depression patients, but with pain patients, they seem to have all of those things. Yeah, yeah, they sure do. Um, now. I just got an email this morning from a man that, that had this to say, and this is quoting his email. He said, you know, he's, he's been really anticipating hearing the show, and he said, when I suggested to my wife that neurofeedback might help our 20-year-old son who suffered with chronic sacroiliac pain, she was horrified I would suggest the treatment where he'd have electrodes on his head. <laughs> he said, no, I don't believe she's alone in this fear of the process. He said, maybe you could de debunk a few neurofeedback misconceptions. So let's talk about a little bit about how this, how this works. I mean, what's beautiful about neurofeedback, of course, is that it's so non-invasive. That's, that's actually the beauty of it. Well, I think that the word electrodes brings up a little bit of a misnomer. Yeah, very draconian imagery. And I've always thought that they should be called sensors. And I've always used that term because really when you put the sensors in on your body and biofeedback, all information is read only and it goes to the computer. And then what you do with that information as you see a graph or see a, a picture of what's going on is the biofeedback training or the neuro information is really coming from your body to the computer and then... Well, right. Um, neurofeedback is just really... Uh, your brain is picking up information and everything you see on that screen in front of you is giving your brain information so that it can regulate itself. There's never anything actually going into your head. It's just strictly coming um, out of your head and then being fed back to you by imagery on a screen. So... 
We have to go to a commercial break. When we come back, we'll rejoin with Caroline, and we're going to continue talking about the whole subject of neurofeedback and, and the brain for, uh, for chronic pain. So please stay tuned. This is Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. I'm Nora Gadgaudis, and we'll be back in just a minute. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. NBC Science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended. A jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. Is there truly a lesson in every situation? Can you learn from another person's experiences or are lessons learned when they only happen to you? Dave Felzer, number one national and number one international best-selling author, challenges listeners to stand tall, to be accountable no matter what the setbacks, and to recommit to enhancing their lives as well as assisting others around them. Listen to The Dave Felzer Show every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Radio Network. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, welcome back to the show. We're here today talking with neurofeedback expert and pain specialist Caroline Grierson of Train Your Brain in Los Angeles, California. Now, right before we went to commercial break, we were talking about a little bit about what a typical neurofeedback session uh, you know, looks like. So, Caroline, maybe you want to kind of pick it up from there and um, and uh, tell everybody how it is you, you work with that. Sure. Um, well, I do uh, a lot of things. I do more than just brainwave biofeedback. I encourage the patients to learn more about their bodies and do some biofeedback tools, which would mean that they might uh, learn relaxation, 
They might look at their muscle tension on the screen and see how they're holding their bodies and how to let go of any tightness or tension that would increase the pain. I will teach them good breathing techniques, which enhances the relaxation response, which is very helpful if they initiate it early enough in pain. Um, And the other thing I do, because I am kind of knowledgeable about pain, is I find that they really are very, very happy to be able to talk about their pain and sort of sort out all the problems that go on, like their fears of re-injury or the doctors won't give them pills because of the or they are so isolated and their family is tired of them because they have all this pain. And the fact is it's a silent handicap, and they are sitting there looking fine, but they hurt like crazy, and it's a very uh, isolating kind of issue. Yeah, I know. I can imagine. Well, actually, I, I know firsthand. I have somebody close to me who suffered from chronic pain for quite some time, and they look fabulous on the outside. But right, right. You know, it, it just it just wears on them um, in a way that just uh, you know affects. I think it, it affects a person in ways that most of us who don't experience chronic pain may find it a little difficult to appreciate. Right. I also know, you know, we who who um, who happen to work closely with the EEG Institute, who are fortunate enough to work with the EEG Institute. You know, we now have access to what we've been calling, and I realize this is a technical term for everybody out there, but infralow training frequencies. I mean, that's made an incredible difference in all of this, hasn't it? I mean, I, for one, have been blown away by the improvement in results pretty much across the board with everything. Well, um, I just have a patient come in uh, this past two weeks ago, and he has sleep disorders and anxiety, and he's very obsessive about things. He doesn't actually have pain in this particular case, but within the first day, he was feeling calmer at work and had more efficiency with um, his work because he wasn't as anxious and wasn't depressed. And I had a fibromyalgia patient that stayed with me for quite a while, and the only thing that helped her get out of her exhaustion and her discomfort and her fogginess and her inability to really function was neurofeedback. And as we got into the intralow frequencies, it just improved her amazingly more. It just takes things to just it opens up a whole new world. You know, that's in, in my experience. Mm-hmm. It's really been um, just a remarkable, I think, addition to this to this work. Um, now, I remember that you know you did a video with a guy with the EG Institute too, who had a pretty amazing story to tell. Um, now he has intractable pain. Okay, and so that's, that's pain the whole is, next subject that we're going to be getting into here. That's right. Um, it, intractable pain is pain that doesn't get better. They're always in pain. And a typical diagnosis might be failed back surgery or failed neck surgery or something called reflex sympathetic dystrophy or phantom limb pain. And he um, was part of a pain program, which maybe we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But... Um, and this pain that they have is called central pain. And it comes from the nervous system itself. Although you experience, say, the pain in your hand, it's actually coming from the brain. And the 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 way this happens is um, the sensory nerves, um, unlike motor nerves, which uh, when they get damaged sort of slow down their impulses, the sensory nerves increase their signal and bombard the thalamus and the neighboring cells to the problem so much that it, they may even cause cell death. And if that's the case, then the pain center 
shuts down, and that's when they call it central pain. So this isn't pain in your hand anymore. It's pain in your nervous system, and this is when neurofeedback is extremely helpful. So this man had many other things to help his pain, but when he trains his brain, he gets two hours of pain-free time twice a day, and he trains his brain at home. Oh, wow, yeah. So he gets four hours of no pain whatsoever, which is unusual for this population. But yeah, that's yeah. not a typical response, but it's a wonderful response. What what a what a gift! I mean, I, I you know anybody can log on to eeginfo.com and go and view uh, the, this video uh, on chronic pain. I mean, you can see firsthand what happens with this guy. It's it's pretty amazing. So you know we're talking here, of course, about neurofeedback and pain. Well. In addition to your work in private practice at Train Your Brain, uh, you also work in that pain specialty clinic near UCLA. Um, you actually deal there with this whole different brand of pain. That's the stuff that you refer to as intractable pain, which you carefully, of course, distinguish from what you call regular pain, regular pain being like, you know, back pain, headaches, arthritis, etc. Right. So, um, so what role, because, of course, intractable just, you know, of course, is that it's intractable? It's extremely, extremely difficult. This is the this is the really, really high difficulty stuff. What role does neurofeedback play in the scheme of what goes on with that at this clinic? Right. Well, first of all, I think I need to say that patients who have severe pain should look for a board certified a doctor who is board certified in pain management or pain management anesthesiology, in order for them to be handled and you know find the best of care. And then the reason for that is that they would need a comprehensive pain management program in order for them to really get a sense of how to get help. So that pain management program always includes, at least in our program, um, 20 days. Actually, they come in first and see the pain doctor and um, he will work at managing their pain and then he will refer them to the four-week program or 20 days where they get physical therapy, neurotherapy, which is me, psychotherapy, medicine, and maybe they'll get uh, stellate ganglion blocks, lumbar sympathetic blocks, or they may also get neuromodulation, which is spinal cord or neuroaxial analgesia, which is... uh, Which is a pump with medication in it, and I think we have to. Yeah, we, we <laughs> you know, and I, I hate this, but you know, as it always seems to happen, we've really run out of time uh, today. Um, you know, and I realize neurofeedback is only part of a whole comprehensive program. When you're dealing with intractable pain, you really kind of need to be working with a team of experts and not just one practitioner. But you, Caroline, are such an asset to this field, and you've had such a profound impact on, on so many people who really suffer in ways that are hard for most of us to comprehend. Um, you've had a big influence on people who do this work, you know, in the field, too. Um, so if someone wants to know more about your practice, how can they do that? Can you give us a website? Sure. Um, my website is actually musicandhealth.com. Uh, my husband's a musician. But if you click on health, there's all the information about neurofeedback, and you can email me at tyb at musicandhealth.com. Okay. Sounds for Train Your Brain. I have a phone number of 310-478-1961. Well, Caroline, once again, thank you so much. It's been so wonderful and valuable having you here today. 
And, and for the rest of you listeners out there, we have an incredible show in store for you next week. I mean, I mean I'm even pinching myself. We're going to have with us in a rare interview the legendary Anna Wise, the author, expert, and lecturer who's going to be talking with us about the use of neurofeedback as a very real tool for spiritual transformation. Um, so, you know, Anna's work and her message are extremely timely and urgently needed, I think, in today's world. This interview will not only blow your minds, but hopefully open, open them, too, to the richer possibilities of your own human potential. So until then, remember, if it wouldn't look like food to somebody wandering around 40,000 years ago with a loincloth and a spear, it's not food for you now either. I'm Nora Gaudis, and you've been listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. Thank you for listening. I would like to thank my sponsors, the EEG Institute, offering the most trusted and respected source of information and training for neurofeedback, truly world leaders in the field. You can reach the EEG Institute at www.eeginfo.com or at 818-456-5965. I would also like to thank the Nutritional Therapy Association, the NTA, for their generous sponsorship. The NTA is the best, most trustworthy and reliable source of foundational nutritional education and nutritional therapist training here in the U.S. and possibly the known universe. I just can't say enough good things about this organization. You can find the Nutritional Therapy Association at www.nutritionaltherapy.com or you can call 1-800-918-9798. That's 1-800-918-9798. Tell Marcy Nora sent you. Thanks, too, to Biotics Northwest, the source for exceptional healthcare practitioner quality supplements for every health professional. You can reach them at www.bioticsnorthwest.com or at 1-800-636-6913. Also, be sure to visit my website at wwwprimalbody primalmind.com, where you can also get my book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, Empower Your Health, Your Total Health, The Way Evolution Intended and Didn't. Thanks again for listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio, hosted by Nora Gedgaudis. Come back for another great program next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. And have a great week.